Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Oh, eternal Father, Heavenly Father, we have come at your feet to learn of you, to hear from you, to receive from you, and to be infused with you. We pray the Lord reveal yourself through the scriptures and through the teaching of your word to us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. From verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in him all, all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Here ends the reading of God's word. <laughs> Hallelujah. We one of the things that since we are in the season, this month is a month of gospel duty emphasis. So we are emphasizing on gospel duty. In the, in last, in the previous week and last, I spoke about how um, God saves us by his sovereignty. Okay, God is sovereign and his sovereignty is what determines who is saved and who is not saved. Jesus puts it this way in John chapter 6, verse 37, and chapter 6, verse 44, 37 says that all the Father gives to me will come to me, and no one, uh, 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 and the one who comes to me, I will no way cast away. Verse 44 says that no man can come to me unless the Father who sent me, that's what? draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. So he said, you can't come to Jesus. You can't come, Nathaniel, you can't come to Jesus except the Father draws you. 
So anyone who becomes a Christian doesn't become a Christian because one day you were there and suddenly you chose that I am going to be a Christian. No, it is the draw of God. In Philippians, it says, in Philippians 2.13, it says, for it is God who works in you or who is at work in you both to, to produce the uh, who works in you both to both to will and to do his good pleasure. So you, there's no human being who by himself or herself can choose to do anything that can please God. Did you see that text? It said, for it is God who works in you. So inside you, God works in you both to will and then to do. So the willingness didn't come from you. The willingness was the result of the workings of God inside you. So another translation puts it this way. It said, it is God who works in you to produce the willing and the doing of his good pleasure. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? He said, for it is God who works in you. He's working in you to produce something. To produce something. So, like... Um, I was teaching a, a group of guys recently and I was talking about a breastfeeding mother. A breastfeeding mother has milk because of the presence of the sucking child. If the child gets wind, the milk will stop. So you, the fact that you have breast doesn't mean you have milk. You can't say, okay, anytime I want, like the way we drink water, Anytime I want, I can produce milk. No, no, you can't. No human being can produce milk by himself. Something must happen in your body to change the order. It's within, and suddenly you begin to produce milk. And so in the same way, he says that it is God who works in you to produce the will. A will. So the, the fact that you willed to come to church is not because you are so decent, but it's because God has been working in you. To will and not just to will, because some of us will, but we don't do. Yeah. You remember how you will that you knock kiss that guy? <laughs> oh, am I, am I a stranger here? You remember how you will that you will not gossip? How you will that you will not watch the porn? And then you type www. Um, Normally you type www.themgirls and then it comes. But this time you type www.dam and you wanted to stop and the computer gave you the everything. Just automatically came and you press enter. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You had the willingness, but then to do. So Paul said something in Romans chapter 7. To will is present with me, but to do is what I don't find. <laughs> then do it, I don't find. <laughs> so those of you who have found yourself doing some things, say, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. But the problem is not the presence of willingness. The problem is how to perform the good thing that, that well, I can't find. The thing I'm willing, I want to perform, but I can't find. 
Hey! <laughs> you, you really want to do outreach, but hey! You know, when we say outreach, we are going for evangelism. You want to do it, but you can't find it. You will, but you can't find it. So, you see, so those of us who go, we shouldn't be boasting and say, see me, I'm doing No, no, no. How many of you have, been, have attempted to do fasting and it failed? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a, a, a woeful doomed venture it was an unsuccessful venture so there's no successful thing anybody does which can which pleases God you can do other things doesn't mean it's pleasing God okay the text says that to do of his good pleasure so I'm talking about pleasing. I'm not just talking about religious activities. Because the fact that you are doing something doesn't mean God is pleased with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that one is very important. It's in the text. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It is God who, it is God, it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. His good pleasure. So you can't do anything to please God by yourself. Excuse me, you don't have it. Romans chapter 3, verse 11. Verse 11 talks about how none of us, there's no one, no one, none of us seeks God and seeks after God. And Romans 3.23 talks about, for all have sinned and we have fallen short of the glory of God. So there's no, no man can please God in himself. Right. So it, that's the sovereignty of God. So Jesus said in John chapter, as I read earlier, in John chapter 6 verse um, 44, that no man, no, no one can come to me. That's talking, see the means capitalized, that's Jesus. To me, unless the Father who sent me draws. So it's like God is pulling his, there's a draw. That's a, so it's not necessarily you who chose, but he who draw, he was drawing you. He was drawing you. Like the way the moth is drawn to the naked flames or the light you draw god draw the way you draw out water from the well the well that the water does not jump out you have to put in something and draw so the same way draw god is drawing you some of us god is drawing you away from something but you are so latched onto it drawing you if i were you i would say draw me lord draw me lord, draw me, lord. There's this song we sing, draw me close to you, let me, let me go. Draw me. God is the one who draws. So that's the sovereignty of God. He chooses whom he will draw. Now, and then I explain that the God, when God draws people, now he gives them the responsibility of, of doing what he's drawing them, or complying with the draw. So in Romans chapter 10, he says that you can't be saved without engaging your faith. Romans 10, 13, he says that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he says, verse 14, he says, for how can they believe, how can they call on him on whom they have not believed? So who is doing the work here? It, it tells his God, it's, sorry, it tells his you. You have to believe. God won't do the believing for you. God doesn't believe. Even though he draws us, the believing is done by us. All right, so salvation is a combination of divine sovereignty and human responsibility. 
you have a role to play. Ha, let me even put it this way. There are many Christians whose marriages are struggling. My Christian, look, your wedding, bishops came. They laid, your wig almost flew off because of the laying on of hands. Yeah. yeah. Bishops were at your wedding. Apostles, people with all kinds of titles. Apostolic revelators. Now the titles are coming. Many are coming hey, from everywhere. Yeah, Bishop Cardinals. Yeah. Superintendent Apostles. I'm telling you. There's only one. So. <laughs> so people came for your wedding. So what happened? Why? You remember when you were en en enrolling on the course, you came, we anointed you. And you, you are, you are the class of 28 people, you are the only believer who was anointed and you are the one who failed most. And the 80s, some of them were flying, doing well. I'm not saying being atheist means you do well, but I'm just trying to yes. make a point. Because there are people who are praying and losing their job. Others are not praying and not losing their job. And people who are not praying and losing their jobs. Also, then why should we pray? You got to pray just to make it a day because a little prayer can prevent a big problem. <laughs> because God answers prayer. When you pray, you go to work, you don't sleep. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. But you have prayed. Now, let's say you, 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 like I spoke about the wonderful gentleman. You are, let's say you're a Christian um, service provider or businessman or videographer. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's, let's, let's go, let's go. So, 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 it's the sovereignty of God and then the responsibility of man. That's what brings salvation. Sovereignty of God, responsibility of man, and then the gospel duty. We have the duty to preach the gospel. But when we are preaching the gospel, some of you just go and be talking anything. We have to be careful what we preach. There, there's only one message. There's only one message the church has got. Only one message. And the message is Christ and him crucified. Acts 3.20. He said, he, 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 who was preached before unto you? I said, and that he might send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. It's Christ that was preached. They preached Christ. Acts 5.42. Acts 5.42. We preach Christ. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. What did they preach? Jesus as the Christ. So their message was singular. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. In those days, the greetings in the Roman era, when the Roman Empire was um, at its peak, when they colonized you, the normal greetings. Caesar Hocurius. Instead of good morning, it's like, no, Caesar is Lord. Caesar. So they saw the Caesars as gods or demi-gods, demi like seven next to God. They are gods. So, they, so Caesar Hocurius, and you have to say it. And that's the normal greeting. That shows that you are patriotic. And then they become born again, and they realize that Jesus is Lord. I can't say Caesar is Lord. I can't say that because it's Jesus who is Lord. Right. And do you know what? They said, you say it or you lose your life. Yeah. 
not your job. Some of us are trying to protect our jobs and our houses and our, our friendship. He said, you either say it and say Caesar is Lord and live, or say Caesar is Lord. Uh, uh, you don't say Caesar is Lord and Jesus. You can say Jesus is one of the other. Just add one. Jesus is one of them. You'll be okay. You can't you can claim exclusivity for Jesus. In those days, it was politically incorrect to say Jesus is the only way. And in our days, it's equally politically incorrect. It has never been politically correct to say Jesus is the way to salvation. It has never been, it, not Jesus is the way, Jesus is the way. I'm straining. Jesus is the way. It's never been politically correct anywhere amongst men. In fact, amongst the Jews. They beat them because of that in Acts chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Bible says that Peter told them that the, the stone which you, the builders, rejected has become the chief cornerstone. No, from verse 10. Verse 10, I mean. Verse 10. Yeah, all right, let's go to the verse 11. Let's leave that. Let's go to verse 11. Let me, okay, verse 11. This is the stone, verse 12. Verse 2. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given amongst men by which we must be saved. It was extremely unacceptable. Politically incorrect, but logically correct. And so, it has never been acceptable. And so, now they got born again in the Roman times, and they say, say, Caesar Hocurios, Caesar is Lord, and they said, we will not say it. And they were losing their lives. Some of them were being turned upside down and bent at the stake. Some of them were being thrown to lions to, be, to eat, and people were watching. All kinds of, and that's why they were dying. They didn't do anything wrong. Christians were killed, persecuted, and executed, not because of wrongdoing but because of faithfulness to the name of Christ, to the message of Christ. That's very interesting. Faithfulness to the message can make you vulnerable amongst men. And unfortunately, that is what God has called us to preach. Bible said to the Greeks is a stumbling block. You make them stumble. Sorry, to the Jews, a stumbling block. To the Greeks is foolishness. But to those who are being saved. So, so we preach Christ crucified. We preach what? Christ. I can't hear you. Christ. Oh, please, say it louder. Christ. Let's all read it out loud. Let's go. Christ. No, no. Let, but we preach. Let's go. But we preach Christ crucified. It's foolish. One more time. It looks like some of you are not reading it. Oh, you need a microphone. All right, let's read it out loud. Let's go. To those who are looking for reason, intellectualism, I said, this is stupidness, foolishness. What do you mean by someone crucified has a bearing on my life? What has that got to do with me? Somebody told Pastor Way yesterday as we went out preaching that why should some deity sit somewhere and me be thankful to him? For what? For what? What has that got to do with me? So those who think they are smart and they are wise, preaching Christ is very foolishness. So they'll tell you what matters is how nice you are to your neighbor. <laughs> so we should go and tell them, oh, please don't fight among yourselves. Yeah, 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 we have sandwich here, you can take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But he said, some people want us to, to live a certain way, to look very nice. Christianity is not fundamentally about being a nice person in society. Christianity is Christ. Tell you, Christ is the center of Christianity. Christianity without Christ is, is, is has lost its value. Yes. So he says that to the Greeks is foolishness because they want something that tantalizes their thinking. But to the Jews, it's a stumbling block because they are so religious. He said, don't, don't, don't. But he said, to those who are saved, both Jews and Greeks. So, you know, it doesn't matter if God begins to draw you. Your intellect can't stand in the way. Now it will just be left with your decision. So we have to preach. So they preach Christ. As I said, Acts chapter 5 verse 42, they preach Christ. Acts chapter 8 verse 5. And Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ. Did you see that? Philip went down to Samaria, went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ. That was, that was all they were doing. That was their message. They were preaching Christ. In Romans chapter 16, verse, verse, verse 25, I like that bit. Romans 16, 25, it says, that May God establish you. Now unto him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. How does God establish people? Gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So any church that mean, uh, diminishes the preaching of Christ has compromised on the gospel, has compromised on people's destinies, and is actually professionally unacceptable. We can't diminish Christ in our message because he said God is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Christ. If you remove it, your miracle won't happen. Your testimony, anywhere miracles happens, outside of the preaching of Christ, run away, is not of God. Demons are behind it. Demons are behind it. Anywhere, they claim to be doing miracles. Without Christ-centered message, Christ is not behind it. Read the scriptures. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ, and now many demons began to run out. People believed. There was it in verse, verse 6. There was it. For unclean spirits crying out with loud voice came out of many who were possessed. Human beings can be possessed by demons, okay? So don't just chase the woman because she looks nice. Maybe it's a motel for demons. Don't just go to the gentleman because he's, dri- he's driving Mercedes Benz. Maybe he's, he's a hostel. Hostel of di- different types of demons. <laughs> it's true. Demons live in people. Demons live in people. I mean, being in church doesn't mean demons can't come. May I just say this? If you are born again, you can't be demon possessed, but you can be demon influenced. Anyone who is not born again is just available. Because you are Satan's bona fide property. Demons can easily. But if you are really born again, then you can be demon influenced. Or you can have a strong demonic influences depending on your association, your exposure, and your practices. So some of you are born again and every, you are struggling with some particular habits. 
is demon influence. You are struggling with this habit. You are struggling with some people are born again and they can lie like, like they are they are they are they are pathological liars. They lie and hmm. it's a spirit. Some of you are born again and still this you you can't bring your extreme un, un, um, unexplainable sexual habits under control. Sleeping with dog, sleeping with cats. No, 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 you are born again. See, 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 most of you think being born again gives, inoculates you with uh, uh, righteousness. That you are not physically injected or immune from unrighteousness when you are born again. So you can be born again. And some of you are born again, you still struggle with some different types of stuff, man. That's right. Some of them are de- really demonic in nature. That you are born again and all you like is look, watching little children. No, it's demonic. No, if you are born again, it must, it, that spirit must be broken. Amen. It must be broken. You are born again and every time you are smoking like a machine gun. <laughs> you can't stop it. It's, 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 it's very likely it has become an addiction and every addiction is not godly. Yeah. Demons, they are, there's a demon responsible for every form of addiction. Mm, let, let alone talk about porn. Mm. You are born again, but sometimes three nights in a row. Look, you can't sleep. Your eyes are all red. <laughs> what were you doing? You were watching porn. And it's interesting. When you are watching, you don't, you don't feel sleepy. <laughs> You are happy. <laughs> How many of you know that there are th- some things you can watch and you never feel sleepy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The things that I could watch and never feel sleepy was like when I, yeah, I'm watching some action. Yeah. Oh, man. 3 a.m. I'll still be watching. And you say, <laughs> But when I start watching preaching, <laughs> so it's very important. The Bible says that many unclean spirits were leaving people. Is it possible that that boss, is it possible some things we call is, uh, is um, psychiatric problem, it's, it's, is it possible? Is it possible that things, uh, 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 psych, psychopathic tendencies, and is it possible it's a spirit? Because some of the things some human beings can do, you can't just understand it. You just can't understand it. The other time, I saw demonstrators on the street of London or so, and then uh, I think last week when Trump came in, and I think a, a woman dressed like a punk and wearing just bikini and lying in the middle of the demonstrator in the road and open the leg with the rider and saying, we don't want you here. So we don't want, you know? So, so, no. But you can see that this is a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual issue. No amount of education can bail you out of that. Well, so for us to be able to cast out devils effectively, we must stay true to the preaching of Christ. That's what I'm trying to say. Because Stephen preached Christ and demons were crying out, leaving. 
by preaching Christ. Romans says that you'll be established. God will establish you by my gospel and the preaching of Christ. In 1 Corinthians, 1, 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, just read it earlier on, we preach Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, he says that we preach Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. It says that, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord. Jesus is Lord. Let's all say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Oh, say it like I believe. I say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. So we preach Christ. It's very important. So now we preach Christ. But why do we preach Christ? So when we say we preach Christ, what? Who is Christ? In Mark, sorry, Matthew chapter thirteen, sorry, chapter sixteen, verse thirteen, Jesus is here. Bible says that when they came to the uh, Philippi, the Caesarea, uh, the upper, the, into the regions of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, "Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?" This is very important. But do you, some of you, do you know that Islam, for to a, to a certain extent, gives Jesus honor. Yeah. Buddhists give Jesus honor. Yeah. Hindus. Give Jesus honor. In other words, they, they say, oh yeah, Jesus is a prophet. We accept that. They say Jesus is a good man. He's a good teacher. Even, even secularists believe that Jesus has good morals and he taught good things. So we give, him, we, give him, we, we give him that. Philosophers give it to him. Okay? So let's just stay in the religious field. Almost, major, almost all the major religions, including Jehovah's Witness, all right, and Scientologists, or Christian science. They are neither Christians and neither science. So you don't know what really they are. Christian science. Or Mormons. Mormons. They all give certain level of honor and respect to Christ. So when you are preaching a Muslim, the Muslim will tell you that, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is a prophet. He came and lived. God did miracles through him. And he was, but they differ on the death. The death. He was about to die. And then their God sent another a, 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 a look alike. So Judas is the one who died, but people thought it was Jesus. And uh, God took Jesus away and is going to come. So, you know, you know why I brought this in? The Bible says that to the Jews, it's an offense. We don't make reference to anybody. Apart from all the reference is only Christ. So when we go and we're preaching, we don't even have to bring other personalities in because Christ is enough. Christ is all and all. But most of those people cannot go on the public circles without making reference to other things others are referring to. Especially we Christians refer to. We preach Christ. Now, when we preach Christ, Jesus said, who do men say I am? Because yesterday when we went for outreach, uh, our sister Michelle was telling me that she went to so Chanel. Said she, she was speaking to a certain lady, and the lady said, um, I don't need Jesus in my life. I used to have him in my life, but now I've done chucked him out a long time ago. When, when, I was, when, when I was a child, Jesus, when I was a child, Jesus used to be in my life, but I, I got to a time I didn't need him anymore, so I just dropped him out of my life. No, no, no. And so someone tells you this. What? Like, you're asking the person, would you like Jesus into your life? He said, no, I, I, I used to have him, but I've thrown him out. So what? So, but you know what I told I told her, I said, next time when you meet someone like that, tell the person, sorry, that's not the Jesus I'm talking about. Yeah. You, you are talking about a different Jesus. When they tell us that, oh, oh, listen to this. When they tell us that all religions are the same, fundamentally the same, we are saying, listen, we are not. Listen, religions, all these major religions I'm talking about, 
Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, and Islam. Uh, all these major religions are fundamentally very different. We are very different, fundamentally, acutely different. Christianity is about Jesus as God, the Son of God who died. If you imagine it, Muslims say, How come? You are, are you trying to say God had a wife? They say, Allah. Allah is the only God. No, the fact that they claim one God and we claim one God doesn't mean we are talking about the same God. So, and watch this. When they tell you Anabi Isa, that is Islam, Jesus. That when they say Jesus, there is not the same Jesus we are talking about. Because the Jesus Islam talks about is not the Son of God. The Jesus Islam talks about did not die on the cross. The, the Jesus Islam talks about cannot forgive sins. But our Jesus, our Jesus in Mark chapter 2, verse, verse, verse 11, verse 9, yeah, Mark chapter 2, verse 6, verse 7, verse um, 9, and verse 11. He looked at somebody and he says that your sins are forgiven. Why do you speak this? No, go to the verse 9. Go to the verse 9. Because they said God alone can. Then the man, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you. I say, I write that. Jesus, and they said, who is this man who can forgive sin? He's not an ordinary man. He's God in the flesh. So when they tell you that it's the same Jesus, ask that, can that Jesus forgive sins? Does that Jesus die to bring redemption? If they say no, say sorry, this is not the Jesus I'm talking about. And then they know what they're trying to do. They said, whoa, no, no, but it's the same but it has been misrepresented. I said, you think you are, so what you say has been represented. That's what I'm coming to present to you. You don't know the Jesus I'm talking about. So I told her, tell her, tell her. People, you mean Tell them sorry. Some people tell you things. I've been in church all my life. I was. I went to uh, mission school. I've tried other churches, and now I know I don't really need it. And I tell them that what you thought was Christianity is not Christianity. What was presented to you as Christianity was a religion. Was a religion that has minimized or, or marginalized Christ, taking religion without Christ. So you can be in church, and the church can be let us pray and reading all that, but anything that eclipses Christ, is, it, is, it is an abomination to God. Without Christ, we've lost it. So when people tell you, I have been in church, you can be in church, doesn't mean Christ has been in you. At all. At all. At all. When they say, oh, but what, do you, what makes you think there's a different... I said I knew Christ, and I said... The Christ I'm talking about, you can't taste him and get out. Exactly. You can't taste him and get out. So then which Christ are you talking about? Because the Christ I'm talking about, you can't taste him and get out. You can't taste him and say, I've, I've thrown him out. In fact, you want to go for, give up everything for him. That's the Christ I'm talking about. Maybe the one you are talking about is a fake one or look alike. Yeah. <laughs> You know, people have been wearing Obama. And, but there's no, I said Obama, um, Trump. They do the, no, it's not Trump. So Jesus asked them, who do men, who do men say I am? Who do men say I am? And in the end, they said, who do you say I am? There are two things that, it, ooh, you cannot get these two things wrong and be right with God. Number one, who Jesus is and what he is to you. If you get any of these things wrong, you can't be right with God. Wow. Who is Jesus? A 
and who is he to you? Who is Jesus and who is he to you? Who is Jesus and who is he to you? Personally, your relation with Jesus and then who you know him to be. If you get any of these two wrong, you can't be right with God. Wow. Is it not amazing? Is it not fantastic? So, Jesus asked them, who do men say I am? So some said, you are John the Baptist, you are one of the prophets. And Jesus said, okay, 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 okay. who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And Jesus said, Peter said, verse 16, Peter said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, but Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven, and I tell you the truth, you are Peter, and upon this rock, the church is built on. So how did you come into the church and you are not on the foundation? Ouch. How can you be part of the building, but the foundation doesn't support you? He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. So there are many, yesterday a guy was a Christian, but you know, sometimes you go and you are preaching and then the people who can waste your time and, and it's the other Christians who have all kinds of ideologies and opinions, they lack revelations. You are not winning souls. We are winning souls and you are not coming to disturb us with, um, so who will go to heaven first? Jesus or the Holy Ghost? And you are coming to ask, Doctor, um, is it, is, somebody was telling Minister Rose, is, is it right for women to wear trousers? That's a stupid question. Then they were opening. He said, let me show you um, um, Deuteronomy uh, somewhere in the, where the Bible says that no, women should not wear men, uh, men's clothes. But the trousers is women's trousers. It's <laughs> 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 ladies' trousers. Is that what your problem? <laughs> when you go to any of the shops, Max, MS, uh, next order, there's the whip ladies' session and the men's session. If I'm looking for jeans, I won't go to the ladies' session. If I'm going to buy jeans for my wife, I won't buy it from the men's session. It's the lady, you know what I'm talking about because the anatomy is different. So why are you so crazy? He said, women should not, you, let's assume that law still is valid. Women should not wear men's clothes. But this one, the, what the woman is wearing is women's, women. it's made for women. So what's your problem? Or how do you define uh, women's clothing, men's clothes? <laughs> All these unnecessary ideologies. And when we are preaching Christ, in fact, Minister Rose in Reading yesterday, someone was telling her that, prove to me that you have the Holy Spirit. Oh. <laughs> Because if you have the Holy Spirit, you won't have nail polish. No. People are crazy, you know. You won't have nail polish. If you have the Holy Spirit, you 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 cover your hair. You cover your hair. You, 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 how can you have the Holy Spirit? And Minister Rose told her, told him that, would you concentrate on preaching Christ? Why don't you preach Christ and stop this legalism? Whether somebody, somebody has three boyfriends, five boyfriends, has been doing porn, is not doing porn. Leave that alone, preach Christ. Pastor, you see, but you have been doing that just now. No, this one is discipleship. It's believers. believers. It's believers. Because you are, the meeting, this service is organized for believers, not unbelievers. 
But unbelievers can come in and they will be saved. But believers, so we have to disciple believers and tell the believers what the scriptures say how they should live. So it's, it's just believers. And however, if someone is faulting, we don't judge the person and condemn the person because that there's now therefore no condemnation. Oh, I feel like preaching. Let me round this thing up because I'll continue next week. Huh. Why are you guys laughing at me? Is everything okay? So I can continue preaching? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So watch this. We preach Christ. Jesus said, who do men say I am? And then after they said, who do you say I am? And then he says, Peter said, you are the son of the living God, the, the, the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not been given for my, it has been revealed to you by my, my father in heaven. He said, then he says that, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why must Jesus ask them this question? Because it's important who you know him to be. Who do you think Jesus is? Oh, he's some Jewish rabbi. Is that all? If you say Jesus is a prophet, it's an insult. It's modern. It's not a Jesus, Jesus is, he has supreme eminence. Of supereminence. What I'm trying to draw your attention to is the excellency of Christ, the, the supereminence of Christ, the the the. Uh, let me put it this way: the the supreme supreme preciousness of Christ, and the surpassing worth of Christ. His worth surpasses anything human mind can capture. So let's go to Colossians, where I started from. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> this is good. You know, one of the things I like more than preaching is just reading the Bible to you. It is, it's, I, I prefer that to preaching. It's sweet. The other time I was traveling with somebody in a car or something, and the Bible was playing or something. And I turned to the person. I said, don't you think this is too sweet? Ah, I love the word. The word of God is sweet. Oh. Sweet to the taste of the one who loves God. Who is Jesus? <laughs> what about that? Who is Jesus? Where can you find this in any religion? They will say they honor Jesus, but they love this one. They're because they, they Jesus, they think, they describe, they don't. Let me say this. Don't you think it's an intellectual assault for Islam to tell us who Jesus is? Think about it. It's an intellectual assault. You're insulting my intelligence. If you tell us who Jesus is, we are Christians, Christians. And you want to tell us who Christ is and you believe you know? You should ask us, please, can you tell us about this Christ? Because what you have, the information you have, is demonically inspired, distorted, is, is warped, 
is untrue about Christ. It is called, hey! In 1 John, I think 1 John chapter 5, it says, anybody who denies that Jesus is the Christ is the Antichrist spirit. Yes. Yes. I think 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 to 12, or somewhere there, 1 John. It said, for the Antichrist spirit is already in the world. Yeah. It's already, already in the world. Anyone who denies that Jesus is Christ, who denies that Jesus is the Son of God, the Bible said, that is the Antichrist, Antichrist. So that means that it is necessary to know this is first John chapter 4, rather. Okay. And every spirit, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come into has come in the flesh is not of God. If any spirit that says that that spirit is not from God, that spirit, it doesn't matter how many miracles is working. If he says that Jesus Christ, that the God, Son of God, has if he says he hasn't come in the flesh, it is not of God. Alright. And he said, and and this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is already in the world. Wow. What's, the, what's the job of the spirit of Antichrist? To say that Jesus Christ is not God. He hasn't come in the flesh. God has not really come in the flesh. That's the spirit of Antichrist. You know, there are so many other messages I can preach that can get you excited. But most of us are very unschooled about what Christianity is. Unschooled. We actually don't know. Some of us think we are Christians, but really we don't know Christ. When, you say, when they ask you, so you believe in Christ, who is Christ? Who is this Christ you believe in? Tell me about Christ. You just you, you begin to find you are found wanting. Because you actually don't, then you realize, oh, I actually don't know much about Christ. But I thought you've been a Christian for a while. So what has your pastor been preaching? Seven steps to miracles. <laughs> what has the pastors been preaching? That Sunday morning, I should come and preach you three ways for effective anger management. <laughs> Go and enroll on, enroll on a course. I can't, because we have to teach the scriptures. And the scriptures is a hymn book. It's, a, it's about Christ. You gotta know Christ. All right, so it says that, for he is the image, who is Christ? Oh, yeah, what? Uh, who is Christ? Uh, I can't hear you, who is Christ? The image of the invisible God. What does it mean, what, what do we mean by invisible God? God cannot, Bible says, Jesus himself said, no one, um, 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 John 1, I think it's 18, John 1, 18, no one has seen God at any time. Did you see that? No one has seen God at any time. And then John 6, John chapter 6, I think it's 44 or 46. John 6, 40, no one can come Unless they've, uh, so, uh, 40, 46, uh, 46, um, yeah, not that anyone has seen the Father, except no one has seen the Father, okay? No one has seen the Father, the, because why? He's invisible. You can't see him. That's why when someone tells you, prove that there is God, 
Sometimes I, I'm tempted to ask you, as you prove that, prove to me that you also have, you have brains inside your head. Not that by the way you talk, but, you know, like, okay, that will sound funny. So prove to me that you have a pancreas. Prove to me that you have a liver. Can you prove to me? Oh, okay, let's go and do MRI scan. Let's, let's go and scan on. Prove to me, as we start, you ask me to prove to you that there is God. You to prove me, prove to me that you have a heart. No man has seen God. Bible says that J, 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 uh, uh, Moses ran as one seeing him who is invisible. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. He was going as one seeing him who is invisible. God is invisible. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. I know you should know that. First Timothy 1, 17. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, what? Invisible. No one has seen God, all right? But Bible says that, who is Jesus Christ? He is the image, ah, uh, is where he's going. He is the image of the invisible God. So John chapter one, verse 18, Jesus said, no man has seen God, but the son, no one, uh, no, no, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. He has defined him. He has expressed him. He has, he has spoken him, declared, demonstrated, expressed. So Christ came as the expression of the invisible God. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, he said, For in Christ, for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, physically, in bodily form. God dwells in him. Is he also? This, this, is, the, this is Christianity. This is where Christianity starts from and ends. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, Bible says that for he is the express image of God's person. That's a serious one. Who being the brightness of God's glory, his glory, and the express image of God's person. So if you want to know what God's person, that word image there is what you get there. It's, it was translated from, I think, a Greek word, which, translate, which is also used. They didn't even, the spelling is different, but it's pronounced the same way. A Greek word called icon. Icon. All right. You know icon? Yeah. yeah. The icon. So Jesus is the icon of God. You want to know how God is like when you take a coin, the queen's head on the coin, the way it has been. So when you put the coin on uh, maybe, uh, what's it called, that thing the children play with, the dough or whatever. Play dough. When you put it on it, you see the exact representation of what is on the coin. That's what you see. So Jesus Christ is the exact representation of God in human flesh. Not physical expression, but how God is the expression of God. The only human being who walked on the face of God on earth to express God adequately. Adam was created according to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. He was created in the image of God. And God said, let us make man in our own, say image. image. You are not getting it. Say image. image. I'm talking about image. The image of God. God said, let us create man in our own image. After our likeness. And then Bible says that sin entered. Now even Adam, before he sinned, he was not exactly like the image of God as Christ is. Because Christ is the express image. 
So they asked him, you are talking so much, sir, about you are going to the father. Philip said, sir, can you show us the father and it will be enough for us? John chapter 14, verse 8. Can you show us the father? It's okay. Show me God and it will be enough. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it, it, it is sufficient for us. As long as we can see God, just show us. Where is he? How does it look? It will be enough. Do you know what Jesus said? Let's all read what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me? So he said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. I've been with you for so long, you don't know me. He didn't say you don't know the Father. He said, you, don't, you are asking for the Father. You don't know me? So you don't know me? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Yeah. The express image of the invisible God, the God who cannot be seen. His express expression was found in Christ. Who is Jesus? The, that's why, watch this. That's why, watch this. That's why all other religions will make a big issue about the identity of Christ. Because yeah. that's what Christianity is about. Christianity is about the identity of Christ. So if you can, if, if you can marginalize that, okay, or you can diminish that, you have finished Christianity. You have finished Christianity. If you can diminish that, you have finished Christianity. That is why pastors must take responsibility in preaching Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, if a pastor is not preaching prosperity, is not preaching marriage, is not preaching your miracles, please don't let that bother you if you're a genuine Christian. You should be bothered if he's not preaching Christ. You should be bothered. You should be bothered. Because then, because then we are not talking about Christianity. Christ must be the center. Amen. Let me give you the next point, and then I think I have to round up because it's too long. Who is Christ? Put it on the screen. Colossians chapter. Colossians chapter what? Colossians 1. Ah. Next week it will be nice. Because I'm going to show you the how many alls, all, all. When from, as soon as you hit, as soon as you hit verse. Uh, 17 that was you can see all things all things all things all things all things but now he says that he uh, no he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation now this is going to be interesting here he is the firstborn but i thought you said he's god god is the creator god is a creator so if, how can the creator be the first born of all creation? Is he a creation or a creator? Is he a creature or a creator? That's the question here. Because only one verse is brought to two things that if you are not, if you don't have understand, yesterday I put it up on Facebook that, you know, human intellect there's no road there's no road that leads from human intellect or human moral good behavior that will lead into understanding or the knowledge of god the knowledge of god comes by god himself put 
putting himself, placing himself within the frame of our reference or our perception. He has to put him before we can grasp him. And that is what revelation does. So, if you don't have understanding, you may think, oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, um, you see, it's conflicting because he said he's, he's God, but here he's the creator. Firstborn among creation. So, pastor, tell us, what is the meaning of he being the firstborn among creation? Firstborn. Put it on the screen, please. Let's all read it for me. Please, let's read it, let's read it out loud. Let's go. Can I have the ladies read it alone? Ladies, let's go. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Can I have the men? Louder, let's go, men. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He's the image of the God who cannot be seen, the firstborn over all creation. The firstborn here does not mean the first to be born. The firstborn here means the one who comes before all. So when you talk about creation, like God said, Israel is my firstborn. I think, oh, that scripture has jumped. Um, Exodus chapter 14, 22. I didn't write it down. I just, pardon me. So Israel, God says in the scriptures that Israel, yeah, Exodus 4, 22, that's it. He says that, that says the Lord, Israel is my first son, my firstborn. Now watch this. Before Israel came, there were more nations, other nations. So it doesn't mean Israel was the first nation God created. Doesn't mean Jesus, Jesus being the firstborn doesn't mean he was the first person God created. In, in other words, he comes before all. Any other thing, Jesus is first when it comes to God. When it comes to creation, Jesus is first. So look at the next verse of um, um, Colossians. Colossians says that, for by him, that's why. Why is he firstborn of all creation? For by him are all things, okay, for, sorry. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Listen, this is the Jesus we are talking about. All things were created through him and for him. That's the Jesus we preach. I don't believe, I don't believe. You'll find out later. Because I'm going to show you in the verse, when we read further now, later to, uh, next week, I'm going to show you how the Bible says that all things, to reconcile all things to himself. Verse 20. He will, Jesus Christ will reconcile all things to himself. By him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth and things in heaven, having, having made peace through his blood. So what are the all things about? Everything, so excuse me, everything created will be reconciled to Christ. Now, that, what that means is what um, Philippians chapter 2 talks about, that all, all, all tongues will confess that Jesus is Lord. But if you don't confess it on earth, if you die, you meet him, you realize that he's Lord, and you, he will damn you to hell. <laughs> you will go to hell confessing that it's true. It's true. What this Christian, what Pastor David said was true. It's true, he's Lord. <laughs> he said, every shall shall confess one day so you either confess on earth or after and then be with him and or after death because everything will be reconciled to come into account to him 
Amen. Our generation doesn't like Jesus at all. But that is the Christ we preach. The Christ we preach is the Christ who is the image of the invisible God. Who came to die? Later on, you find out. He died to save us from our sins. I was talking to somebody yesterday. He said, he does not believe in any religion. Or any. I said, you don't have to. He said, I said, what do you say? I believe in aliens. I said, that's an insult to yours. <laughs> At least religion makes, there's a bit of sense and, but aliens too, where's it coming from? <laughs> he said, I read too many things. I read so many things and I now I, I can't be bothered. And I asked him a question about, so how about your sins? He said, I don't know. I said, that's why we are here to talk to you. Jesus died to save you from your sins. He said, yeah, but I believe in aliens and... Some of us believe in avatar, to stick your, your, stick your tail on a tree somewhere. We want some world. Somebody told Pastor, oh, I believe in a force. When I die, I'll become, I'll dissipate into energy. What energy? For what? <laughs> and these are big people. People who believe they have read white. <laughs> Is it not amazing? <laughs> All right. I want to bring my message to a close now. So the, the message is that we preach Christ and him crucified. That's the message of Christianity. If we deviate from that, we have betrayed the gospel or we have abandoned the gospel and we are going to harm people because it will not. Nothing saves but Christ, for there's no other name given amongst men that men should be saved. The name, the, uh, Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you receive something? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Let's, let's pray. Please bow your heads. I want us to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the glorious moment. Thank you for this afternoon. Thank you for this season. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Begin to pray that, Lord, help me to understand you more. Help me to go, know you better. Help me to get closer to you. Begin to pray that prayer right now. Begin to pray that. Let's all rise to our feet. Let's all rise to our feet. Let's all, please, let's all, let's all rise to our feet. Begin to pray that, God, help me to get closer to you. Help me to know you closely. Help me to know you better. Help me to serve you better. Make that your prayer. Make that your prayer. Make that your prayer. If you need God to help you overcome something, overcome a certain type of sin, overcome an addiction, begin to pray that prayer right now. Begin to pray that prayer. 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 Pray that God help me. God help me. God help me. Begin to pray. Uh, lift up your right hand, everybody. Lift up your right hand or your hands and then pray that God help me. No movement anywhere. I don't want any movement anywhere. Everywhere, silence. And let's human beings, let's all pray. Let's pray. Pray that God help me. God help me. Lord help me. I want to serve you. I want to know you better. I know you are drawing me closer to yourself. I know you are drawing me closer to yourself. I know you are drawing me closer to yourself. I know you are drawing me closer to yourself. Lord, I want to serve you. Have mercy on me. I, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. Reveal yourself to me, Jesus. I want to know you better. I want to know you better. I want to know you better. 
I want to know you better. I want to know you better. I want to know you better. I want to know you better, Lord. I want to know you better. I want to serve you. Draw me close to you. I surrender everything to you. I want to know you better. Father, thank you for the privilege to know you. Thank you, thank you for helping us to hear about your message, to know who you are and to build a relationship with you. Because if we don't know who you are, you can't save us. But we believe that you died on the cross to save us. You are the, the image of God amongst men to save us from our sins. We believe you. We believe that you love us so much that you gave yourself for us. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Please be seated. Let's be seated quietly. I don't want any movement in the building. Please bow your heads. Let's all bow our heads. Bow your heads with me. And I want to pray for a special group of people here. You are here, you want to say, Pastor, I need, I need to develop a relationship with Jesus. I need him to save me from my sins. I need, to, I need him to come into my heart and to be my Lord because Jesus is Lord, but he's not Lord over my life. Today, I want to make him Lord over my life. Pastor, I need you to pray with me. Pray with me that I want to invite Jesus into my heart. If that's your genuine prayer, the pastor, pray with me. I want Jesus to be in my heart. I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want to serve him. I want to be honest with him. I want to be faithful to Jesus. I want to walk a, a pure life for Jesus. If that's your genuine prayer, please lift up your right hand so I can see it and pray with you. Maybe you have also done that before, but you have backslided. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. You used to have a relationship, but now it's all time low. Things are very bad. And you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to invite Jesus back into my life. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. You too, if, if that's your genuine desire, lift up your right hand so I can sit and pray with you. God bless you as you do that. God bless you. It's personal, it's personal. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to do it. God, you know, God is talking to you. Don't postpone it. God is talking to you. You want to do it. You know, you, you want to be genuine this time. For once, for once, you want to make it up with Jesus. You want to make it up. I want to save Jesus. I want to be, I want him to forgive my sins. Lift it up, lift it up. God bless you. Please don't die in your sins. This is the time to make it right with Jesus. He said, he said, he says that, he says that no one can come to me except the Father draws him. But the problem is there are people God is drawing, but they want, they, they don't want to obey God. They don't want to obey God. There are people God is drawing. If God is drawing, you know in your heart God is speaking to you, make it right with Jesus. You know you want to make it right with Jesus. Don't die in your sins. If something happens to you right now and you die, you go to hell. But you don't have to die in your sins. You, you have to respond to the call of God and say, God, Lord Jesus, I surrender it all. I surrender it all. I surrender it all. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you. But I believe you died on the cross to save me from my sins. I ask you to forgive me because I repent from all my sins. And I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. From today onwards, I make a determination that I'll serve you. Jesus is Lord over my life. Jesus is Lord in every situation in my life. Thank you for what you have done for me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you so much. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. 
Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.